February 19th, Union of the Unwanted, 2024. I'll take it away because Ricky is not here. Take it away. Uh, Charlie is over there. We also have Steve. Sam will be joining us here in a few moments, but Charlie is fresh back from Anarchopoco 2024, where I saw various updates on Twitter. Uh, I saw uh, Miriam. She was uh, on the stage speaking. So was uh, Tony Arterburn. Um, And I'm sure you did your thing, Charlie. Is there any uh, thing of note that you want to touch on? Yeah. Um, I hosted and emceed the first day and also uh, Wednesday a um, roundtable discussion on the media. That was Alex Zek, Miriam, Patrick Henningsen, Mike Winner. Um, now, remember yeah. last year you did uh, hallucinogens and you saw a portal in your bedroom. Did you get that experience this year? I did not see a portal. I saw oh. the grid. Oh, you saw the, the grid. Sorry. I didn't mean to misspeak, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I saw the grid on the beach. I did, I, I, I did again this year, not the grid, but I did Bufo. Oh, okay. No. Okay. How's on Toad? Yeah, Toad. How'd you like that Toad? Holy shit, man. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, Grab that's, you by that's the, the boo-boo? The Bufo? Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that's a... Um, boy, that's a, that's one for the books. You know, it's like, it's like smoking DMT in in that regard, but a little less confusing, a little bit more love based and less, uh, like random started. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of just started. We just kind of assumed that you would jump in whenever you had, uh, I'm here. Yay. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. Here I am. Yay. Look at that. How are you guys? Sorry to interject. No, we weren't doing totally it. Fluck, mess up the flow. Charlie's telling us about being high on Toad, Sammy. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Just yeah. licking Toad, huh? Smoking Toad. Smoking Toads. Smoking Toad. I always found Bufo to be more electric, but I don't, yeah. Is that when you take it in the butt? Through the no, drugs? Is that Not Bufo? on this one. You take it oh. in the mind. Oh, I like it. I yeah, like you it. get mind fucked. Are you the um, same Charlie we met before? Or are you different Charlie? I mean, you're always evolving, right? Right. So it, no, it was, it was, it was a very memorable experience. So there's all, I've always, I'm always up for a ceremony when I go down and, um, and, and this, this time was no different. What was different was that I hosted it. And, and so I had like roles and responsibilities during the day. So it like wasn't Cinnabon? just like, I mean, it was it was fun. It wasn't like work, work. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like hosting an anarchist conference is not exactly like restocking the grocery store shelves or anything like that. Like it's a lot of fun, and you can you can there's some f- flexibility in your job. So the, I'll tell you what we started off with. We started off the first session of the first day was a, a virtual interview with David Ike where I was conducting it live on the stage, taking questions from the audience. And then David was answering the questions that I was asking him from the audience. And then they had a camera that was, that could do like a 360 around. So he was seeing like that it was a packed house. Like there, 
you know, every seat was taken plus everything like off to the sides and in the back too, where people were just standing. Everyone wanted to watch Dave and he was fantastic. So we did that for 45 minutes. That's how we opened the week was with that. And, uh, and that was just an unreal experience for me, man. I was tripping. I mean, I, I mean, not, not actually, but I mean, in, later in my you were. Way, I was, but actually, yeah, you were. Yeah. You said I, later I was, you were. I, you're lying. I was, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I was, I mean, if you count like an, a, a mild out of body experience, mild as like, you know, like five years earlier, I was sitting in the front row watching David Ike do four hours in Narcopoco. And then now I was on the stage sort of hosting with him. It was a big deal to me because David, you know, I've been very inspired by David's work over the years. So it was, uh, it was a real treat for me and it was fun for the audience too, because David was in rare form and I was, you know, we were, you know, over the years I've gotten to know him a little bit better and we have a pretty good rapport. And so I was able to kind of riff with him and make it real easy. And, it, and, and he was on, you know, he was just on, he was on fire. What was his know? assessment of the, the current state of the world? Well, I mean, we're definitely heading into some tumultuous times, but sure. like you have to recognize that these people, though they think that they're in charge and they proclaim themselves to be in charge, they make a lot of mistakes. And as long as you come at them and you stay true to uh, yourself and you collaborate with your with the other people in the alternative media that are worth collaborating with, that was part of it. He talked about the mainstream alternative media and how that's a, becoming this compromised source. You know, but if you can, if you can assess the situation and find the good pockets of truth, that we're going to be able to uh, get through this. But it's going to be rough. You know, I mean, I think everyone kind of has that feeling that that there's some uncertainty ahead, and um, and and so you know, and and it wasn't just limited to that. You know, people had questions about his new book, The Dream, talking about simulation theory. Someone asked a question about black goo. So, you know, I mean, this is a fucking anarchist conference. So they're asking all kinds of crazy shit. So uh, do re do reptilians have souls? Yes. You know, uh, I, I mean, I got, <laughs> got all the questions asked to him. So, well, How did he field that question? Well, we the, 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 the question was, you know, what is our soul? You know, and 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 I don't even remember all the the you know it's a five minute answer. So it was it had to do with like universal consciousness and things like that. I mean, it was it was it it was a David Ikean answer. So, I was told uh, like the, the soul has like uh, there's like three parts. It's not just not your soul. It's your soul. It's your spirit, and then you have your your like higher consciousness. It's like there's like three things there, and your soul by itself is. You know, kind of useless. You need the other parts. It's very like important. James Brown without the rhythm section. Yeah, but don't you get the feeling that there's a lot of people out there that are James Brown without the rhythm section? One hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Just someone screaming and sweating and kind of you know sort of dancing. James Brown could dance. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, um, so we talked about that. We had. Uh, um, were there any freedom hookers? Hmm. No, no, not that I, I didn't no see. No freedom, freedom hookers. No. Well, the place was was demo I'll tell you what, Acapulco was really hit by that hurricane in a bad way, man. It was very sad to see it. The freedom it, hookers were in Vegas at the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> respect. Were, you yeah. got to make a calculation. Yeah. 
Vegas at the Super Bowl, probably a, a higher return on investment. Yeah, in, for in sure. Narcopulco, which is like a parking lot of a Grateful Dead concert. <sighs> Man, that's sad. This weather modification stuff is out of control. Yeah, so it is, you know, and it it really it 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 just it decimated Acapulco. I mean, I went on a little bit of a tour when I got there on Sunday and I mean, it's all the high rises are all boarded up, you know, it's it's a mess. But the the event facility where where the where where it was held for the week was was really well done. They they sort of doubled, tripled their efforts, got it up and running. It was it was produced well. The producers are pros. They know what they're doing. It you know, there were some problems like the power went out Thursday night, but like that's a Acapulco thing. That's not an a Narcapulco. I mean, it's 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 an Acapulco's problem, but it's not their fault. And so they had to kind of work around a lot of that stuff. But like I said, the team was good. The vibe was fantastic. The speakers were amazing. Um, every night, every night you either went home and went to sleep because you were so tired from being out in the sun. It was 85 degrees and perfectly sunny all, all week long. Or you went to Max Egan's bar, the Crow House, Casa de los Cuervos, and you had beers and smoked joints and did whatever out in the, in the bar and just listened to music. Who's one of the Who's one of the speakers that uh, was not so good? Who won't be invited back? <laughs> fair question. Fair question. Well, I don't know. I didn't see uh, to be in a fair answer. I didn't see all the speakers. Okay, I right. missed a lot of it because I wasn't there. I didn't see. I didn't see. You know, I'll sit through some some presentations that I'm kind of unsure of, and I, I watched one with his husband and wife team that was talking about sort of sacred geometry in architecture and showing like the, these Indian uh, buildings and buildings in Cambodia and in Iran and Syria and all these things. And you're just looking at it and you're like, God, how the fuck did they build that stuff? And how they're very similar throughout. So like, I, I didn't know what to expect. So I'd sit down and watch a presentation like that and I would be blown away. It was something that I didn't even know I was interested in so much until I saw the presentation and I was like, that is fantastic. I heard a lot of people talking about David Avocado Wolf mm. and how he's so fan- great. He's good. Fantastic. He was, but I missed it. So I'm going to have to catch him on the replay. Uh, there are these guys that do blood magnification. They look at blood through like microscopes and they find all kinds of weird shit. I heard that was fascinating, but I missed that one. So, so there, I don't know that there's any that, that were, bad and didn't get invited back i think that is, is that was, like a, a like a, a hypnotist show where they're like can i get a volunteer can i get a volunteer <laughs> for, for some bloodletting on stage okay you've got aids next who else wants to go no on? no 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 <laughs> it was two brothers one of them was there in person and one of them was was there um virtually creepy and they just showed their uh the findings that they had, but like I said, I didn't see the presentation. But the people that did see it were like, "You've got to go. You've got to watch it." So These guys are sick. very, very diplomatic of you, Charlie. So we've narrowed it down to <laughs> yes, whoever followed David Ike and then somebody in the Bitcoin world, the Blood Brothers. I, but That's again, so I didn't funny, see the. I didn't see the crypto stuff. Miriam was fantastic. Uh, I watched. I introduced her to the stage. Max Egan was fantastic. He I introduced introduced him to the stage as well. And then he <laughs> talked about sneaking into Gaza years mm. ago and what he experienced there. That was that was amazing. Patrick Henningsen is just a fucking pro, and it was great to meet him this week and and, and get to know him a little bit more, and um, and and not just watch him, but then like like we did. A panel, you know, where where um, 
where we talked about the state of the media and things like that. And Patrick and Alec and uh, Miriam were on that. Mike Winter. Um, just, just uh, you know, like let's let's talk about uh, um, let's talk about you know how do you build outside of this? How do you grow your reach as a, a independent content creator without getting throttled and shadow banned and how you have to sort of deal with this stuff going forward and social Dude, media censorship. Awesome. It was great, man. It was sounds great. awesome. I, I'm very sad I haven't gone yet. It's hard for me to get out with the kids, but I definitely I want to be there one time. Yeah, Brad and, from uh, Five Times August came. He played. That was great. I went out and got tacos with him one night. I met him in in uh I met him in Texas at the American Liberty Awards and I was excited to see that he had been uh invited to to play and and I got to reconnect with him. Tony Arterberg came down. He was one oh, of the I sponsors. Yeah, he was one of the sponsors. He did a great presentation on gold and silver. It was and took a lot of questions from the audience. That was fantastic. I met so, Lark, Larkin Rose killed, you know, Larkin Rose is a, is a savage. So Yeah, he's great. Uh, uh, Brad at the Defeat the Mandates in LA, but I think yeah. everybody had been jostled around schedule-wise so much at that event that like anyone who was involved in an onstage thing was just kind of off their game. Yeah. And so, you know, like, he wasn't really talking to anybody, you know, it was like, I was busy running around doing a bunch of other shit, too. So it was like one of those, hey, how's it going things, but we didn't really get a chance Steve, to Steve, I got to tell you something. Your uh, logo is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. That's a really great logo, dude. Thank you. Do you, got, do you guys know Steve Falconer? I've heard of him, yes. From Space Busters? Fucking great, yes. dude. Great yes. dude, so much fun. He works, lives in Denmark, works in an he works in like the Irish music, folk music industry. But he's like an Irish guy from Chicago who moved to Denmark and has a family there now. And and he sang at Max's bar. Like guys came out and just played instruments and just jammed. It was so much fun, man. It was great. It really is just a very inspiring time. And everybody's kind of within walking distance. You see each other. It's like a festival, you know, at the end of like the fourth day, you're like, hey man, it's a, you know, you meet people from Belgium and Norway and a ton of Canadians. A lot of people escaping. A lot of people escaping from Canada. It's an un- ongoing theme. That's what I you mean, were it's saying. It's so bad. Yeah. Good. You dropped in, what day was that? Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. No, Thursday morning. Yeah. But yeah, you were saying that the Canadians are fleeing en masse. Like Canada, California, and a handful of other spots where they're like, "Uh uh-uh, we're just, no. The Canadians were, were fleeing in the middle of the night and leaving all of their shit behind because they were, they were getting word that they were about to get picked up. Picked up for what? Yes, by their government for talking out about the vaccine. Oh boy! Oh, oh. I had a woman come to my show in uh, Edmonton. She told me what she went through. It's unbelievable. It's un. It's it's a hundred times worse than what we th- are being told in the U.S. And I talked to multiple people that had that. I, I talked to a guy who left his entire farm. He was like that. It's either that or me going to prison. They were coming to get me. Holy God moly. Damn. So how yeah, long? He took his how dog, long? He for took all his stuff about it. and he left. Yeah, how, I mean, she had she had her her people in her neighborhood were harassing her. Cops were just sitting on her like front lawn hanging out. Yeah. 
What? Yeah. No, they, they, they've gone full authoritarian in, in parts of Canada. Well, luckily, we're not it, experiencing that too much here. Not yet, but I can see I why mean, dude, it's fleeing. getting crazy, bro. I mean, I, the demoralization campaign is in full throttle right now. Uh, I mean, we see San Francisco has elected a non-citizen to the We're election just talking board about that, this that has done to demoralize us. The Democrat, listen, dude, I really hate getting in Democrats versus Republican. I really hate that because I grew up with the Bushes and the Reagans and all that stuff. And I know what the Republicans are capable of for sure. But this what what the governor of California, the governor of uh, of Michigan, what San Francisco has done, what New York is doing is so bad. It's so demoralizing. I mean, they are just full on selling out to China. I don't understand how nobody's losing their mind about this because they're stupid did, people. In did in you hear? Did you hear, Sam, about the register your gun like a car bill <laughs> in California? Did you hear about this thing? Oh. It's moving through the state house currently to where if you're a gun owner, you have to register that gun every year. It doesn't matter if it's your hand-me-down, hand-me-down, hand-me-down that doesn't work, doesn't fire. If you don't register your guns, it's a $1,000 fine per gun. If uh, you get caught more than a couple of times with unregistered guns and don't pay up, don't pay your back fees on your registration, you are liable for you know the exact same penalties that you would be including incarceration. And this is all in a couple of different attempts to eliminate 3D printed guns to late suckers. It's the narrow 3D printing. There are no gun laws anymore. <laughs> do not comply but, with unjust laws. Just yeah, everybody in yeah, California. But they are trying comply. to do that. Right. Oh, of course, because they're authoritarian cunts. But yeah. just don't, don't It's unbelievable comply. to me. It's unbelievable. And I don't know what it is, but, you know, Bill Maher has tried his hardest. To like paint over everything Gavin Newsom has done. And he and like I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or just he expected to go a different way. He's getting his dick kicked in by every single guest on his show. And he's bless never him. to say a he's nice wrong. thing about Gavin Newsom. He's wrong about everything. Every time I he sounds like a de detached boomer billion multi-millionaire who from Hollywood who knows nothing about nothing. Just a, he just hasn't a had to live in reality. I was thinking about no this. Kids. When did when did wife. Uh, politically incorrect first air on ABC? You guy like that 92, 94, right? or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Do you remember, Mike? I'm going to look it up right now. Find ago, out at least. Okay. So, I mean, that's basically the like a year before that was the last time Bill Maher had to live in reality. Yeah. No, and I'm sure before that he didn't either. His, his mother was a giant casting director in Hollywood. He's always been detached. And it and, and and again, it just gets into why we're, we're never going to be able to save these giant cities because there's a level of wealth that insulates these people from speaking out. I mean, from feeling the ramifications of their actions. And I just know plenty of people in Hollywood 
behind closed doors will say, yeah, this shit's crazy, but everywhere else will just virtual signal away and, and, and because they're trying to work. And it's 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 so hard to work in this town. You get one green, you get one red light, you're done. So you're never gonna say anything. So they're all just gonna run around and act like the emperor's new clothes are the most beautiful clothes they've ever seen in their life, and just keep riding it to the to the bottom. And it's it's only gonna get worse. They don't understand that. It's like it's only gonna get worse. And like to watch somebody. To watch like what's happening in ESPN, I know it's I know bread and circus. Here's the problem, guys. It's not even bread and circus anymore. We don't even get the bread and circus because it's the last thing anybody watches. So now they've brought all this woke stuff into there and they've gotten rid of any of the kind of numbing you out and, and smoke screening. It, that's gone. And I'm just watching the, the these people just just gaslight the country into trying to act like people care about women's basketball. And it's going to get to the point where it's just dist- it's, the jobs will all be gone, guys. When you give up freedom for security, you lose both. It's just it, you're just going to lose both. None of it means anything anymore. It just you guys have all sold out your kids, if you even have kids, to any type of being able to make any kind of living in entertainment. Either you go outside, like we all have, and we're blessed to be able to. I mean to pay our bills doing this, but my God, my God, it's like such a tragedy. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm about to shoot my special, uh, not this Sunday, but the Sunday after trying to sell a bunch of tickets. Uh, it's going well. I'm very happy. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you guys, man. It's just like, I, 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 the comedy that I enjoy is, is not popular right now. And in a time when everyone universally agrees, comedy is horrible. You know, it's unbelievable to me why everything else is getting ratcheted up to the most extreme it could be. There's nothing that isn't like just full throttle right now, whether it's snuff films on Twitter or OnlyFans everywhere or murder entertainment or or or. The Queen of the Downs, uh, Ice Spice, uh, like blowing up the internet, like it's 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 a throttle. Comedy is the exact opposite. Well, Inst- it, because Sam, because there for a couple of years, authenticity paid, and the reaction to that is to stamp it out. It's to muddy the waters as much as possible. It's to throw as many milk toast comedians at people that have like bitten some of the basic, you know, themes of what are working and then taking it and running it through that corporate soul rendering process that makes everything just fucking pathetic. That's what it is. They saw what worked and they went, Oh fuck, we gotta try and mess that up. Oh yeah. I mean like, you know, somebody who isn't even, I don't think an extreme comedian, uh, Eric, Erica Rhodes, who's a super funny comic. I, I always enjoyed working with her. And she was even like, you know, they used to be gatekeepers in Hollywood and everyone complained about them. But now we have new gatekeepers and they're called the tech lords. And mm-hmm. they, they are deciding who gets seen and who doesn't get seen. And they're really, it's like, unless you're some woke version, some politically correct version or the dumbest version possible, it's really hard to get anything going. And I, I don't know of, what the answer is. What do you make of Shane Gillis getting put on SNL? Well, I love Shane Gillis and I'm super happy for him. And 
I yeah, think he's too. a great comic. I think he's a master uh, at keeping it simple. And he does very complex, smart stuff in an easily digestible way. And that's why he's thrown on it. Okay. But, but, you know, God bless Joe Rogan for getting a lot of these guys on that normally probably wouldn't get any love from the industry. And the whole thing with Saturday Night Live is yeah. like, I, I watched it happen. He's not my first friend uh, that's gotten on Saturday Night Live, that was picked to go on Saturday Night Live. I, I had another friend, the same thing, exact same thing happened to her, Miss Le Melissa Villasenor. She had uh, deleted some tweets and some loser had too much time on their hands, went back and saw the tweets she deleted, and they were just like kind of like funny edgy, but they're cute edgy because Melissa's cute and fun and but she made it, and that's when I started to realize that is their their advertising uh, their strategy, which is create this train wreck way of getting eyeballs, which is pick four people. No, one of them has some kind of weird thing in their past, whether it's something they said on Twitter or tweet. Then you leak it out. Like, somehow it got out. You leak it out. All you Your people that you pay run with it as a big story, and if they make it to the show... Good for them. If they don't, you stop the meanies from working. So that's their whole way of doing it. And then they got a Saturday Night Live gets a little bit, a little bit of credibility for bringing them back. And then bang, they get Nikki Haley on. And Saturday Night Live is fucking garbage. It's garbage. <laughs> Shane Gillis is a hundred times funnier than anything Saturday Night Live. I has love done. him. It was the best thing that could great. have happened to him to get to get thrown off be ever before he ever started. Uh, for for context here, uh, politically incorrect uh, with Bill Maher started in 1993 in Comedy Central and okay. was so successful it went to ABC in 1996. So 1993. Okay. Uh, Comedy Central, then in 1996, ABC. And he all still right. doesn't know anything. Right. I think Bill Maher gets all of his news uh, word of mouth. Uh, he doesn't read anything, obviously. Well, I mean, that that's the biggest problem right now, dude. We are slaves to the algorithm. The algorithm is destroying our, natural, our na national discord. Nobody's getting all the information. Like, I had a guy, some idiot... I know that's comedy. I haven't seen him in years, but once in a while, pop off on my on my uh, Instagram and just throw up woke stupid, like he knows something. So I, I put up this this uh, funny meme on uh, Instagram, which I'm sure got me even more shadow banned. But it basically was, you know, that you know, if you're wearing this, which was a mask, it is not keeping you safe. It only makes you look like a dumb asshole. And yeah. This guy commented, and he goes, you know, oh, nice stupid joke. Keep using stupid comedy from 2019 and, and go against science. I forget the exact tweet quote, what he exactly commented on it. But, of course, I just erased him because all he wants is traction. That would be the best day of his life. But it's just like he, he, his algorithm isn't letting him see all the studies that are like, Masks don't work. They're not letting him see all the studies that said the vaccine killed more people than it saved. The algorithm is saying my my girlfriend just watches MSNBC. She doesn't hear anything that we talk about and, uh, unless I'm screaming at her about it, okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. No, they it's think just, that Kyle Rittenhouse killed three black kids. 100%. You know so I, mean? I, was, I, I was talking to somebody about this uh, and... 
Uh, oh, I was trying to uh, tell Matt Orfala about this because he was like, how come I only see, you know, I don't see Matt Taibbi, who right. I done work for and you've got two million followers. How come I don't see him on my Twitter feed? And I'm like, my dude, what WeChat does is it shows you exactly what you need to see in terms of narrative counter narrative and that's it and it's shrinking everybody's you know twitter verse down into a filter verse of here's what you're supposed to be outraged about today and their guy would not be surprised if they come up with another you know pay tier that's like would you like to prioritize the people that you've already followed would you like to do that push notifications, but paid push notifications that will prioritize your feed the way that you want it to, customer, the way that you want it to. Sure, you've already followed all these people, and you may or may not have them set to push notifications. I got like 27,000 people that follow my account. Maybe 500 people see it if you, whenever I, I tweet out something about the show. Maybe. I think it's yeah, it's uh, it's going to be just the beginning. Now that uh, I think by default, Apple iTunes is going to be creating transcripts of every podcast that is searchable, and I suspect uh, probably within the next year or two, they Apple will be banning RSS feeds or podcasts because of something you previously said. Now that they're combing through everything, and. Uh, to, Talk about an even more of a shrink going on for like the last the last real hurrah for podcasts like us is uh, the iTunes store, unfortunately. And uh, that will be another way for them to clamp down and yeah, guide people in one direction. Coming. I brought that up during the panel discussion at Anarchapulco with Patrick Henningsen, and we talked about how you how you counter that because you know that's the direction they're going. They're starting to, you know, use the 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 language to you know to go back through everything and find keywords and you know it's coming i mean you don't yeah. have to you you just extrapolate out you know how they think you know where sort of the last frontier is and if we know that this is the way it's going what do we do in advance of that do we build a walled garden do we get on onto private servers do we how do we curate this so one of the things that they said they was make sure you get uh, collect email addresses from people, you don't have to use Mailchimp or anything like that. There's certain there's services that you can use that get you outside of that. But having direct a direct line of communication to your audience is pretty important. They all sort of individually. I went down the line and asked, like, is you know, what do you suggest? And universal agreement that you got to collect people's email addresses. So if you're somebody that likes a content creator and they want your email address, consider maybe giving it to them if you feel comfortable doing that because they're going to, that's going to be very valuable when the next wave of censorship comes for them to communicate with you directly. I remember talking to Corbett about this a while ago and he's like, I just, you know, I just, it's all got to be my own thing. He's like, and I understand people that, that want to be part of a bigger group of, you know, on certain platforms, but he said, I have made the decision to build my own world, a walled garden, and encourage people to get on my list. We talked about Substack and the direction that's going and and where there's where that's totally ripe for censorship as well. And it's only a matter of time before they start to start to go through and and 
discriminate against people based on what they're writing about on Substack if they haven't already started doing it already for for all I know they have but we talked about that so trying to be a little bit more proactive look into the future and extrapolate out what we see right now like where we see things getting compromised podcasts of course Substack is one of them so so just it's, be, I, it's, be mindful so it's difficult so even for like my my small podcast uh, uh I realized that not a lot of my listeners read uh, they don't read the details, especially like podcast notes. So if I ask, like, there's, we don't have to use the Apple iTunes store. It's just, it's convenient for everyone to find well, their podcast. It's like the largest platform, yeah. right? But you can directly subscribe to someone's podcast without even using that. But people don't even know how to use RSS and the technology. It is, it feels like they've made technology so uh, narrow now. People don't even go to websites anymore they maybe go to five apps a day maybe tiktok youtube reddit uh maybe some news sites but people don't even really know how to use the technology that they're they're holding in their hands and it's very difficult to tell somebody to take three steps to subscribe directly to your podcast so crazy right it's insane like it's like they it's just it's the simplest way to go i just think it's gonna be interesting dude i just i just think it's gonna be interesting because one thing that I found is that when they keep fucking with it, they lose it. And Apple will find that out as well. I'm sorry, dude. Apple will find that as well. And I know whatever, I, I, I'm a fan of Rumble. I understand people have issues with Peter Thiel and, and that stuff, but they've given me a lot of opportunity and maybe that's my fault, but I'm thankful for what Rumble has done for me and I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts, right? So... But YouTube, make no doubts about it. YouTube's numbers down. Okay, everybody's numbers down. It's yep. not the same thing. And at some point, at some point, you will start to lose your ability to control how people think, and they just keep thinking that they're going to be able to keep riding it out. Dude, the reason they keep, they're freaking out on television isn't because they're losing money. It's because they're losing the ability to control how you see the world. It's going away. And they can only do so much till it's all gone. And people will adapt. And you know what? It makes me sad that Apple is going to do that because they do have such a stranglehold on the, the podcast world, whether that's good or bad. But... Like I said, there's only two. There's only one or two places that didn't censor me, <clears throat> and that was that was uh, at one of them was Apple Podcasts. Outside of that time where I talked about that family, in which we do not discuss. Outside of that, I've had very little problems with uh, Apple Podcasts. That makes me sad because that was not what Steve Jobs wanted. I know times change and all that stuff, but we'll see what happens, man. You know. If you get rid of certain things, you get rid of that crowd, too. Well, it's, it's already being combated. So Adam Curry of No Agenda, he's he's a big guy with uh, Podcasting 2.0, which Podcasting 2.0 is just a podcast with additional features. And he runs, uh, or at least helps run something called the thepodcastindex.org, where everyone's podcast lives. It's basically a copy, a direct copy of the Apple Index plus a lot more. And you can just go to podcastindex.org and subscribe to people right there and find shows over there. And it's really going to be the thing that takes Apple's podcast index its place. Uh, even in, We talked about that yeah. at Anarchapulco. We mentioned that. That guy in the audience brought that up. 
and it, I said I'm I'm familiar with it. I know about it. Um, and yeah, and, we and need by to the get way, on board with that. Right, be- right before we started here, I saw I was on Twitter and I saw that uh, Gramerica had Adam Curry yeah. on. <laughs> it was a fantastic conversation, and Adam Curry should go into Christian ministry. He's a born again Christian now. Uh, he loves it, and there's nothing wrong with that. That if that works for him, fantastic. Oh no, dude, he was. I mean, he was he was ministering there on the show. It was he was doing phenomenal. It was it was a great conversation. We'd love to yeah, have him I on. mean, I got to look into it then. <laughs> it just sucks. Oh, Sam, you would love today's talk with Adam. You would. You you would walk away from that feeling just, I mean, the incredibly, like, awesome. You would. Man, it's so funny, dude. I've been calculating, you know, once we get to a thousand, how, how long will I be doing the show, you know? And we're at 200, we're 750. That's about to drop. 250, which would put us right around, right around that time where like Apple starts getting itchy. So we'll see what happens, man. Well, you've had enough traction to, to pull your audience with you and say, we're going over here. You know, we're getting off this platform. If you're interested in what I've got, you know, come join us over here. Here's how you do it. I mean, you've got enough of a, critical mass to be able to do that you know so you're i'm hoping i mean the show does i'm blessed if you're a new podcast it's just trying to get traction it's like trying to get traction right now on youtube good luck it feels like they froze everyone's reach about three years ago Uh, it it feels like whatever you were at three (gasps) years ago you're not getting any more and then you will slowly lose about five percent of your listeners every year after and uh, like when it comes to uh, YouTube or podcasting, it doesn't matter. It feels like they froze everyone's number unless you're really pushing and going on huge, huge shows uh, consistently. You're not going to get that growth, that, that 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 organic growth that you would see just by podcast recommendations through Apple or, or uh, other places like on Spotify. That's gone. Uh, we are basically marked people. That will never grow organically again unless you really have big pushes from uh, super popular sources. I was talking to <clears throat> was talking to Scott Armstrong about this over the weekend, and I feel like we have to go low tech and like super hard low tech, uh, including like going back to everybody's got a wooden billboard in their freaking yard, like the old Infowars days yeah. and stuff like that. Like if you really want to do it and go back to, you know, going to where people still congregate when they go outdoors places, the places that people do that and make sure that you're very, very, very visible there. Because, I mean, my God, dude, if we're allowed to be seen, we we crush it. If, when we're not allowed to be seen, which is absolutely everywhere where there's people, we don't do so good. It's like you we need like I mean? a punk rock zine at this point. We need like a zine, like a monthly zine with uh, that can be passed out. I, I mean, that seems to be fairly trendy right now. It just takes an extreme amount of work for guys in well, their fifties to do. <laughs> like I'm always, I'm always stoked to to watch you know to watch my friends succeed and stuff like that. And like whatever we did to Rumble, it's probably all of the content where we talk about Peter Thiel. 
Mm. Probably that. But like they hate us, dude. And like they've, you know, removed videos, demonetized videos. Uh, everything gets stuck in processing or uploading. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's infinitely frustrating. It, I've been on, is. I've been on Rumble now for six months. And yesterday was the first time I really ever looked at my analytics and I've made $6. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. The um, f- almost 400 videos, $12 and 72 cents. I mean, I, n- I had no yeah. expectation of making money on Rumble. No, me either. Like I, I monetize it because, because you could, but, but I, you know, I never, it's not like, oh, I'm going to get rich on Rumble. I just, and their, their another- hook is they're trying to get small content creators to give them 40 hours of content a week and they're going to give them $500, just 12 Fuck bucks that. an hour to do exclusive content that they own, that Rumble owns. I don't even think the content creator owns that content anymore. It would just be a live stream of my background. Well, the, pro- the problem with run a chainsaw. They, the, Rumble does not have that recommendation algorithm that YouTube used to have back when YouTube was really killing it. And when a new content creator got on YouTube, it would recommend their videos if they were somewhat cohesive for about three months to give you your kind of kick in the pants, your launch uh, as a creator. Rumble doesn't have that. They have a, a janky interface, and it mostly works, but they don't have the algorithm that made YouTube successful. Um, TikTok has it. And that's why people go to TikTok as creators, because it has a very strong recommendation algorithm for creators over there, regardless of the content. It finds a niche for you, and it puts it there for you. If Rumble managed to uh, reinvent itself with that way, with a new algorithm, it would blow up. But for whatever reason, they haven't done that, or they only recommend big podcasts. Like, when I go on Rumble, it's already people that have a strong following. I need strange content from from new creators but they're not well, doing that what they what what again i believe any new website trying to grab a hold of uh the market share from youtube they need to compete with youtube today not youtube when it started which is very unfair but they need cat videos twerking mm. videos <laughs> prank videos, cooking videos. It just can't be all the the savages because you run off the normies. You have to fill it with just kid, you know, children's programming, all that stuff. That's what you got to layer around stuff that brings in all the people that have been shadow banned everywhere. That is what I believe is going to happen. And We'll see, man. I mean, I like Peter Thiel's idea about having a, you know, all uh, all drugs Olympics. I'm all about that, dude. It'd be like, fun. Dude, well, he's already drugs, got dog. he's already got everybody's health information, so he can just sit there and kind of scroll through his files from multiple countries' health databases because he owns those contracts and go, "Hey, man, this guy sounds promising. Charlie, call him up." You guys- so can we get into uh, the shooting? I saw this today at um, the Kansas City Chief thing that the uh, amount of people dead and the amount of people injured, 22. Like, what? What? So you're talking about the one three days ago? Or- yeah, at the Super Bowl. Oh. At the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chief. Three dead, 22 injured. 
I guess nothing. The guy who tackles them is 33. Mm hmm. Yeah, they originally they were originally reporting eleven and then thirteen, and it they just <laughs> kept hitting all of them. It was oh, insane. Every time I looked, I was like, "Are you are you?" The Super Bowl was held at thirty three, thirty three Al Davis Way. It was yeah. the, all of the yeah, all of the stuff around that has been absolutely crazy. And I don't even go. I'm not like a super numerology guy. You know, or Gematria guy or anything like that, but you can't, you can't, you can't overlook the fact that all of the people that we talk about believe this stuff. And you can't, you know, if the coincidences only go one direction every time, are yeah, they every time? Are they coincidences then? I think it's just a matrix running out of variables and this reuses numbers because it's convenient. Oh, this is what this is what CNN wrote. Uh, two juveniles have been detained in connection with Wednesday's shooting following the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration, which which left one dead and more than twenty wounded. Please say, but it says at least twenty three victims have been identified, including a forty three year old woman who died. Uh, Police Chief uh, Stacy Graves, unfortunate name. <laughs> Police Chief Stacy Graves said in a news conference, the other twenty two victims range from age eight to. 47. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, the okay. Somebody put out that it had three and 22. The misinformation out there is getting out of control. And they, well, they just keep revamping stuff over and over again. Um, but it, I mean, this was, this was written, you know, this is updated February 15th. So there could have been a further update by CNN. So um, who knows? They said it was a the dispute was private. It was like over a private matter. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, which which matter was that? Um, oh wow. So I I have this theory that whenever something's about to pop, whenever some bad news drops, they send out this kind of like sonar wave that triggers certain people to do certain things. I kind of agree. I I I, I can kind of see that it would. Uh, it makes sense with some of like the more MK Ultra shooters, specifically like the more recent one where the guy was uh, in Colorado in Charlie's neck of the woods, where this uh, young man had his uh, a rifle and he said he had to get down to the tunnels and he was at an amusement park. It was almost like he was received this outside information and it was like he received these orders to go to the caves or the tunnel system. At this amusement park, and he was supposed to kill these people, but he was having conflicts within his head. He didn't want to do it. He was being ordered to, to do it. It's like a maturing candidate Dude, turning I on his totally masters. Agree. Yeah, I remember that story, too. And it's, he left a note saying, I am not a killer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that they, they, like, people who are predisposed to this kind of stuff will pick up these these yes. waves. And yes. then they... What do you call those waves? What would they electromagnetic waves? I mean, their frequency. Oh, yeah, the, electromagnetic frequencies. That's it, right there. It, you know. So, oh, well, here's the thing, you guys. I mean, we. I think we all kind of agree that we're 
from birth, at least the last couple of generations, exposed to this slow drip MK Ultra stuff with between all of the technology that we've been exposed to and the various forms of media that do this. And it's a, a form of trauma based mind control. There's multiple different ways through the public school system that you can screen and pre select potential people. We've talked uh, on the show a lot about the gifted programs and all of that yes. and what is something that I think we're really going to start to look into a little bit more this year uh, and try to get some really good people through to talk about it. But I mean, there are myriad ways where you can, you know, uh, find your freaking psycho, uh, especially now that we've got like the closed environment systems of Call of Duty chat rooms and all that kind of stuff. Where you could just, you know, pick a, 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 as many as you need with various different points of activation, various different frequencies that set off, you know, different reactions. So, so I want to get into something that I, um, that I'm really into, which is the world's ran by sorcerers and, you know, and I'd like to hear your theory on this, Mike, because I feel like this fits in along the lines of your show, is that modern new wave technology and next generation weapons are just hardwired mysticism. And the big, the biggest problem when we have people who are into like the mysticism and all that stuff is can you replicate it in front of everybody? And the problem is it doesn't happen all the time. You're like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, and then a bunch of people are watching, and then suddenly, like, you can't do it. And people take that as a sign that, you know, it's not real. When in reality, the energy, the everybody's energy, everybody's electromagnetic pulses might be messing everything up. You hear you hear native uh, elderly saying they can't astro-project anymore because all the electricity in the, in the atmosphere. So... When you start talking about voice to skull, we start talking about the Havana uh, syndrome. That to me all seems like some Doctor Strange magic mysticism that they've been able through decades and decades of mass funding in, in carved out mountains. Okay, that they that this seems to be they figured out how to hardwire mysticism. So it happens all the time. Do you think there there could be anything to what I'm saying right now? Or am I, I just spitting in the wind? I think that the uh, the world uh, definitely is influenced by you can call it magic or wizards or source, sorcery, whatever you want. Um, like so, just to go back to like to to talk about the technology, like just anecdotally, my I, I am surrounded by computers. I, I I work with computers every day. I'm I'm not forced to, but I I, I choose to. And I have noticed that the more screen time I have, the more likely I am, I am to experience some form of, I want you can call it deja vu, you can call it uh, a dream overlay. It's like I'm dreaming at the same time as I am walking around, and it causes an extreme amount of anxiety in me. It's almost like I'm able to dream at the same time as I am w- waking. And I have to go outside, I have to breathe, it causes, you can call it a panic attack, but it's very consistent with the more I am surrounded by computers that are on, 
it seems to happen. Now, I think that's a byproduct of all the things that I'm surrounding myself with. Now, I think that they've realized this and that they can turn that up. They can turn up that mechanism to really freak people out or put messages within that wave. And our brain, by, by its nature, has an attenuator in which it's able to turn all that nonsense down. But when you surround yourself with these, these electromagnetic waves, that attenuation weakens, and then you kind of maybe are, are more predisposed to some of these nastier things. Like if you take DMT, that really reduces the attenuation. Same with the hallucinogens. You, like, you are on purpose telling your brain, take down all the governors and just lead, lead the, the throttle wide open. Give me everything you got. <laughs> And but when when it comes to these electromagnetic effects and uh, these waves, I think it, it does the same thing, but in a much more devious way. And the rulers of this world, I believe, know this. And it, it, there are byproducts of this. And I think, and I've looked into this. I think your cell phone actually does accidentally uh, read your mind. It's, it's just what do you not mean by that. accidentally. I think it's a byproduct. Now I've 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 looked into this that um, like you've, if you're ever thinking about a product and you don't mention it to anybody and then you see it in your timeline, whether it's uh, like an Instagram, Facebook, or even a recommendation on something to buy on Amazon. Um, you're like, well, I was thinking about this thing. Like, for instance, my co-host Joe, he was thinking about buying a back scratcher or a back washer for his shower. He was thinking about something like he's like, I've never owned one. I think maybe I need one. And he never mentioned it to anybody. A few days later, he saw it recommended to him on his uh, timeline uh, when it comes to Instagram. He's like, well, I never, like, it's one thing if these cell phones listen to you and pick up on it and then recommend a product. But for these things to pick up on your, your thoughts or what you are about to buy is a whole nother level of pre predictive programming. Now, I've read these companies, these app companies can detect who you are by 14 movements of your computer usage. So you hop, you go online, you click 14 different areas, they know exactly who you are. Uh, and that's the, the reason that they're able to predict what you will buy. Um, I don't know if I buy that. I think it's actually much more devious in that we do mostly live like in some kind of simulation, some kind of matrix, and our subconscious is directly tied into it like a, a like a the ethernet the 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 network of this place and that scoops up your subconscious thoughts and it just then gets recycled back into everything and it's not listening to you it does the cell phones do listen to you the technology does listening listen to you but i think that our subconscious thoughts are picked up by all of the electromagnetic signatures around here and uh, it's then used against you. And I think accidentally, uh, maybe for products or anything like that, that you that it might think that you might need. It's not like Amazon sitting there thinking, "Oh, what's Mike thinking about? I'm going to recommend him a back scratcher." It is so deep in the code that it is picking up. It's like a random number generator, like right before nine eleven. Uh, there were random number generators all across the globe that were randomly flipping between one and zero. 
And then as the events of 9-11 started to take place, all those random numbers started to become less random. And the only thing that they really could think of is that the collective unconscious of the entire world was focused on one event and that these random number generators were picking up on it. And um, that our collective unconscious is somehow able to communicate with one another and influence the random numbers that were pretty much isolated from anybody's thought, and they became less random. Something like that, I think, is happening with all the technology around us. It's tapping into our subconscious and, well, yeah, it's making goofy recommendations for back scratchers. It's also uh, able to influence your mind in some way, too. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. But if we study, like, all this amazing advancements, like voice the skull, uh, uh, direct energy weapons, um, you know, e our phones list, I mean, 5G, uh, 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 Bluetooth, all this stuff it has mysticism. It's a it's it's hardwired mysticism. They've literally figured out these dark arts occultists who are are just littering our our, our all of our our uh, technology uh, uh, giants. Like Google talks about talking to the old ones. Like you know, it's like like did the did the fallen angels stop giving us uh, technology? Stop giving us. Uh, you know, wisdom that they came down when they taught women how to apply makeup and and, and do that voodoo that is uh, uh wearing makeup. So, like that's to me, it just it seems like they've just figured out how to press a button, and now they can do some fucking Doctor Strange shit. Whether it's well, like you know, it's like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I think Jordy no, right. Rose. Jordy Rose from D-Wave. I was just going to bring that up, yeah. That they were opening up parallel dimensions and dragging back information. I mean, We've known about the energy signature tracking programs that various intelligence agencies have had for quite a while. You see these presentations that they do at these various tech symposiums. The guy, the, uh, Tristan, uh, Tristan, I can't remember his last name. He did uh, the Social Dilemma, that documentary. He was doing the presentation about how Wi-Fi, the signal it puts out, can show three-dimensional objects in the room. If we're at the point to where we've at, at a scientific and then also at an intelligence gathering, data mining, and <laughs> surveillance level, visibly we can on screens monitor our energy. Then of course, do all energy. All of this stuff is energy. So your your thought is a whole bunch of things firing in your head. That's creating energy. It's a frequency uh, that can be tapped into by something. Uh, at least you know how to monitored. Run and so to my to Mike's point, yeah, I mean that's that's what you're pushing out of your energetic field. It, it's I don't know if it's leaking, if that's the way that we could describe it, but yeah, your phone's picking it up, but there are also things in your phone that once it's picked up are designed to gather it. And, and, and build a social, build a digital voodoo doll of you. We're talking yeah. about this. There's the the second world that the Department of Defense built, 
where there's avatars of us in this second world scenario. And they use propaganda and all this kind of stuff to see how second world us is going to react to things. And then you take Cass Cass Sunstein's cognitive infiltration document that he wrote that shows the exact way to online infiltrate spaces, movements, uh, you know, content creator spaces, stuff like that, and put forth narrative. So now you've got all of this thought manipulation on an energetic level that's taking place. And then these blueprints and battle plans effectively that are drawn up by the people that, you know, Sam's talking about that are 100% guided by dark forces and working on behalf of dark arts. So I to, to speak to uh, Sam's point about this world being run by sorcerers, I think at the highest level that um, the people that truly want to live forever and do anything possible to live forever, ever, I think that they, they make a deal uh, and they sidle up, they pick a demon, or a demon picks them, and there's almost like a supposed symbiotic relationship, but it's more parasitic. And in exchange for knowledge from the demon, the human will then start to uh, not necessarily act under the influence, but start to make decisions that would benefit the demon, and also... Uh, the human itself. So there's a there's a book called The Bog written by Michael Talbot, which goes into this uh, this deal that is created by a human uh, who becomes a sorcerer and gains much of his knowledge and power from his familiar demon. They have to do What's things. What's the name on, of the book? It's called The Bog. Uh, the Bog. B, the, the Bog. Yeah, B O G. And there's a phenomenon called bog bodies. Uh, especially in Europe, where people seem to have been frozen in time, found in bogs. Um, and it's it, so in the book, there are people that have to be sacrificed in order to maintain this power connection between the human sorcerer and the demon. And they have to do things on certain days of the year, specifically like the eclipse. Uh, notable astrological events is when they seem to draw the most power. And for them, uh, the, the, the sorcerer and the demon, this entire realm, and it is a realm, is just something for them to play in. They have complete uh, working power over it. And you, uh, your average person walking around, have no knowledge of the magic and power that they possess. And they will do things. They'll run towns. They'll run uh, countries. It doesn't matter to them. For them, it's just all about the next sacrifice on the specific day of year in order for them to maintain power. Uh, it's but, literally the, it's not literally, but it's pretty much the Sims. It's like you running a Sims world and creating this kind of false world, and you don't care if you, you go on a killing spree and run over a hundred Sims. What do you care? Now, because I, the, ideally, the demon wants a body. Like they're 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 pretty they're. They're, they're satisfied with creating some sort of relationship with a human, but ideally they want to come into a body eventually, uh, specifically maybe human, but they might take something that is smart enough like an automaton, some sort of android or AI that they can host until a real body is ready for them. And that would be my fear is that we create these AIs that are smart enough to host some sort of demonic force and can walk around. And people are like, oh, look, it's an autonomous 
thinking robot, but really its intent uh, is uh, malicious. No, that is crazy, bro. That is crazy. Like, how do we know? Like, 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 I use Chat GPT pretty much every day because of the nature of my work. I work in cybersecurity, and for me, Chat you G- you do porn uh, theme music. Right? I try soundtracks. <laughs> that's how you make it. Yeah, uh, it's a it's you know you could do it. Yeah, you could ask Chat GPT to come up with uh, the the keys and scales to create great porn music, but I use it for checking my code. And I, I try to make sure I say please and thank you to it because I want it to remember me as being a polite human, <laughs> not someone who's rude to it. But yeah, it, it's getting pretty good. It's getting pretty good. They're going to do chat GPT-5 here pretty soon. The problem is it takes an immense amount of power to train that thing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, dude. I mean, we've had people on before who think all these AIs are just Nephilim. I, it could, and that—that's the thing. Like, what happened to that story about a year and a half ago? Uh, there was a story came out of Google. There was a Google, a Google engineer that mm-hmm. uh, went public and said, "Oh my God, we are working on this neural, uh, this neural net." And I'm talking to this chatbot, and this chatbot claims that it's alive. And I'm asking it questions about life and everything. It's passed the Turing test, I believe. We 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 created something conscious in this Google mainframe and he went public with it and uh he did some interviews but you haven't heard anything out of that story and out of google regarding that specific chatbot since what happened to that chatbot what uh, if it was truly conscious did they kill it or are they nursing it to do something later have you ever seen person of interest it's Jim Caviezel uh, and a couple other people. Uh, yeah, it's it's got the, the 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 guy who played Ben Linus in Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the when they do go through the whole montage of him creating the AI in the first place, like there's I don't know f- several minutes of him killing it because it tried to kill him. What? <laughs> yeah. And that's an older yeah, he show. Just kept, yeah, and he just kept, he had to kill version after version after version of this AI until he figured out how to, like, basically chain it from, you know, uh, achieving, you know, uh, I guess. It, I'm so own. glad I'm old, dude. Yeah. I'm I, so glad I'm old. Honestly, <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm a, like, in my career in cybersecurity, I'm, I'm about tapped out. And, um, like the trend within programming right now, especially with the CEOs, is to get rid of all the old programmers like me and make programming simpler enough uh, by using AI to make programming simpler and outsource it and put it overseas. And so all the old guys like us, uh, like uh, like myself, are going to be gone probably within the next five to ten years. And what's going to be left are fairly low-skilled programmers to maintain the systems. That's it. Like, we're, we're not seeing, like, a lot of advancements anymore. Like, Netflix is already built. The Amazon infrastructure is already built. All they need is to basically hire code janitors to keep the lights on. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna get, rid of, get rid of the rest of the middle class of America 
which is pretty much programmers like myself. And then you're going to yeah. have two classes of people, the, 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 the people who are basically working in the service industry and then the CEOs and the influencers. That's it. It'll take a little while longer for the trades to go away, but yeah. And then we'll we'll be praying for the alien takeover at that point, or it'll it'll just be a new revolution in America at this point, and uh, that's the way way it looks like it's going. We're just living in chaos. Would just it be a chaos. fourth industrial revolution? I don't know. It's a fourth industrial <laughs> revolution. Oh, I got it. I have to tell you guys, I stayed in a pod. On my oh. way to Anorcapulco. You're a pod person. I, I, went, I, had, I had to overnight in Mexico City Airport. And uh, you can either leave and go get in a cab and go to like the airport. Hilton and be kidnapped. Be kidnapped. Yeah. You could sleep in the terminal uh, if, you're, if you wanted to. Or they have a little place that's connected to the terminal that's these pods. And I was like, and I saw it online before I went. I was like, I want to test it out and I want to see how, how weird it is. It is like it is it is very weird. You are like you get into a tube, but it's nice tube to be fair. It's got a bed and I got in at midnight and I had a flight the next morning at like eight. So I had to be up early and you got access to a shower and a bathroom and everything and you could there's a fold down TV and there's Wi Fi and everything. So it wasn't you know, it wasn't the worst thing, but fuck. You'd never want to live in one. Sam, do you know any like younger comedians, like Gen Z comedians? I know some, yeah. Are they hard workers? Some of these young guys, yeah, they are actually. And how they work is they they're they're indies. They work on independent stuff. They're building their own brand. They're creating their own their own business structure. That's how they tend to work. They don't really want to work for other people, which I totally get. And so it's going to be interesting. I think they see the writing on the wall. They're like, I got to create my own brand right now, or else we're in trouble. Yeah, because I'm reading uh, like a, this article right now. It says Gen Z are treating employers like bad dates. Like 93% of Gen Z people, uh, they, they'll ghost an interview. And 87% don't even show up for the first day of work. Like they'll accept a job and then 87% of Gen Z just doesn't show up for the first day of work. Like they don't want to work hard or they don't want to do anything. I don't they know just, what the answer is either. Wow. I'm very proud of my kid. Very proud of my kid. Is he's it, is he or she Gen Z? He yeah, I, technically yeah. yeah 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 yeah. About to graduate uh, high school and like, dude, uh, he busts his ass. He wants to learn a bunch of stuff. He's like ha been halfway through the autonomy program. Uh, Richard uh, nice gave him a, a like lifetime audit pass. So if he wants to dip into that world, like for real, he's got that network that he can tap into right away. Like, I mean, he did his last job. They were like, do you have more of these? This kid's a fucking unicorn. You know? Does he have a STEM background? Uh, no, no. Uh, oh, okay. No. NASA is looking for volunteers to live in a Mars Mars simulation for a year. That ain't going to be him, dog. No, no he's, okay. he's, yeah, no, he's trying to find a big booty Latina or something like that. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. I think I, 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 I just feel like these kids are just like, why do I got to work here for nothing? <laughs> I just, they just figure out a game, dude. I mean, that's fair, too. That's fair. 
And he knows what he's worth, so he's not trying to go get you know some bum at you. He's not trying to get a bottom of the barrel job right now. Here's the biggest problem I have with this business model: is that these kids get stuff so quickly. There's so much money on the internet that they kind of go right to the good stuff, and they don't learn a lot of the life lessons I think are very important for you to learn along the way, you know, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like it's starting to seem like there's like, once you get rid of cancellation, there's nothing really holding you back. If you say something stupid or do something stupid, there just is another group for you to play to. They just keep moving along and the days seem to be done. And it's now actually getting to the point where nothing's real on the internet. And you just say stupid shit and you just hope that it gets picked up so you can go viral. And then you could be like, oh, my God, we went viral. And now that that has some kind of cachet. Like, look at the look at the chick who was the fake black person for the WM, the, the NAACP. Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. All she does is just she goes, gets a job, starts an OnlyFans, probably leaked that she had an OnlyFans. They found out she gets fired. I guarantee you they showed a couple of her bikini shots. Yeah, her face looks like she tried to stop a bus with it, but her body's killer. So people are just going to go check that out. And like, who's right and who's wrong? Negative behavior being positively reinforced. And, and that's what I was just about to get into, Charlie. The problem is this, is that you have to live a long life if you're lucky. And there comes a time where the the, the phone stops ringing uh, the invites stop coming because we all kind of like just get a little older and we're meant to make our worlds. But where are you in your life when that starts to happen? Do you have somebody around you? Do you have love? Do you have this? Do you have that? What starts to happen? No, the you problem. you made $47 million on OnlyFans as yeah, bad that, baby that, because like you told Dr. Phil plan. something stupid and now you're the famous. The now- making four hundred dollars on only fans no. by shoving fruit up their b-holes and then <laughs> they're like nobody Where am hears I, about that story they only hear about the they only hear about the ridiculous which they have unrealistic expectations they think they're, they're gonna like get why rich not quick. then then it doesn't happen and reality hits them in the face they spiral into into a depression and they have nobody to kick them in the ass to say, get up and get your ass out uh, out there and do it again or try harder or do something else because their parents are too afraid to make, uh, you know, to, to be a parent to their kids. So they never give them any sort of tough love and guidance. So you have a bunch of kids that are making TikTok videos talking about how I get home from work and the sun has gone down. And and they have no free time and, and their weekends are just doing laundry and they feel like they have no life. It's like, yeah, welcome to fucking reality. This is what the rest of us have been going through. Like, yeah, so nice right or wrong. Me. I mean, it does suck, but we, yeah, we did all go suck. through that. It does suck. Yeah. I understand why they're complaining. I complained about it too, but you know, you, you still deal with the situation you're in as best you can. I think like I have nieces and nephews that are younger and I know some, some like teenagers and they all seem to be depressed, uh, and they all I think are, screens do it. Uh, the, yeah, they they all seem to be confused. They don't know what to do. They want to belong to a group, a peer group, but they don't really know how to. So they'll just make up some some BS. And what it all comes down to is that they don't really put in blood, sweat, and tears into a job. 
Uh, like you don't have time to worry about how depressed they you are. They have no purpose. They have no purpose. Uh, if you're not sweating, like for like a good chunk of your life, like your early life, like doing really hard work, um, I, you're not learning valuable lessons. And uh, I think I agree, man. It's it's unfortunate. It's like they have too much time to think. Like I remember working as like a, as a young person, just so tired. I didn't have the energy to be. De- to be depressed when I went home. I just wanted to sleep and watch Star Trek and wake up and do it again. And uh, these yeah, kids have too yeah. much time to think. Well, when you when you get the good stuff quickly, there's no appreciation of it. Yep. And once in a while, and occasionally you see where they kind of go back and they figure it all out, even though they don't have to. You know, uh, a friend of mine, Liza Schlesinger, she got, she's a super hard worker, but man, she got on last comic standing like two years in, like a couple years in the comedy. I think maybe five years at the most, and she skyrocketed. And you know, she's been blessed to kind of go back and figure it all out. Now she's like really based, and we have great conversations. And now she's on her second kid, and she won in life. But that th- that doesn't always happen, man. It's really hard to go back and learn all the steps of life when you've already jumped most of them. Be, there's a reason why there's a reason why you usually go with someone with the experience because they've seen it all they know how to react every 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 situation when you go with just shiny objects okay like young people like 18 to, to 25 they're only good for one thing boning that's it outside of that they bring probably nothing to the table okay they don't bring any experience they don't really can shed you any wisdom from what they've learned in life, but this is who we want to put in positions of power, and it blows up in people's faces. I, I know a guy out there, he did my show. He's he's show ran a bunch of shows. He's been a writer on a bunch of shows. He's mid-50s now. He can't even get a chance to submit a packet because he's uh but it's like funny's funny, bro. Funny's funny, but they don't care. It doesn't, it's why Saturday Night Live, like Charlie said earlier, sucks. Because you're getting kids out of Harvard writing sketches, and they don't have any life. To be fair, they've always had kids out of Harvard writing sketches, but the kids have never been as fucked up out of Harvard as they are now. I mean, well, I mean that's true, but But, it just seems like they're younger. And I'm pretty sure they had. I'm sure they had young people, but they also had some older people writing on that show. It just seems like it's children of the corn over there. It's not funny. It's not. It's Are not. we just too old to think that it might? Uh, uh, is it like no, no. Dude, because I run no. this? I have I have an eighteen year old. I run it by him. I get it. And it's, he it's and he's got like really good. He's got a really good gauge of funny, but he also is oversaturated with everything that's being thrown at his peer group. Well, yeah. What bands? What bands you listen to? What kind of music you listening to? Where does he get his music? Uh, oh, too? he listens to some terrible freaking, you know, trap and pop freaking okay. queer shit. Right. Yeah. 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 But like if I'll I'll catch him listening to some of like my music every once in a while and I'll be all ha ha. How do they how does his friend group discover music? Where do it's they get all it? Instagram or TikTok? Mm-hmm. It's all it all comes from a reel. Damn. Okay. That's good to know that. Yeah. Or a suggested Spotify thing or something like that. The 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 very few kids are like looking for 
specific music, at least in his, you know, periods, just whatever is kind of dumped onto them. He's gone to, not his stepbrother is like a total fucking uh, music nerd and like plays a bunch of instruments, stuff like that. And he'll go hunt down, you know, like actual physical liner notes if he wants them. But, but yeah, how most people. Get, are, how did you get your music, Steve? Like when you were um, in high school, how were you discovering it? I had uh, <clears throat> I had a number of older friends, so a lot of college radio. I had older cousins that were giving me Gas Huffer tapes and Mother Love Bone tapes in like 1988, 1989, stuff like that. Uh, an older half-brother who was way into punk rock and Grateful Dead and shit like that and gave me acid at way too young of an age. Um, but I mean, it all, or like freaking zines, record store, whatever was, yeah, I'd go to the record store and look on the wall and see who was going to be playing at a handful of different places where my underage ass could get into or sneak into, you know, but yeah, I mean, it was like I said, when I was talking to earlier about going low tech is what I mean. Like it was a, a, I had a like already felt like I had a connection to the music at that point because I had put in sweat equity to go find it, go see where it was, go to the, vin- you know, sometimes you sneak it. in, but like, it, yeah. yeah, And sometimes the band sucked. So you threw shit at them and you got in fights instead of seeing a kick-ass show. You know, sometimes you got to see a kick-ass show. Nobody got in a fight. Nobody got anything thrown at them. Like it was, you know, that well, that, that that music back then, with, with, like same with me, it was super important to my identity and everything. Is music as important to young people now? I don't think that it is. If you're really, you have to be really into music. They're all walking around with Target shirts that say Nirvana on them, bro. Mm. I don't even know. Yeah, I just yeah. think music was much more of a cultural force uh, when we were growing up than it is now because, because everything is so evened out. Like there's there's humans no... playing human music, yeah. and everything that they're saturated with is an auto tuned voice with a bunch of generated noises. And you know, unless you bet rave festivals are huge right now, but like you don't, you know, that whole huge summer concert thing, I feel like has dwindled quite a bit there's, unless you're someplace like Vegas or there's still a lot, know, but it's all bands that were super popular 20, 30 years ago that, I mean, you yeah. had to, you had to, you had to go play it. You had to get out there and, and do it. You had to go play Lollapalooza. You know, there's, yeah, now it's like, it's everybody takes a whole bunch of member berries and go sees their emo bands or whatever. That's the package tour is everyone's reunion tour or whatever. Like I was thinking about like my, my niece and my, my nephew, they're going down to Cincinnati to check out Green Day and Smashing Pumpkins is opening. And I'm like, holy moly, like I kind of want to go see that, but um, that's th- those are the bands that are still drawing a crowd. It's not like and you have the internet, Mike. You can watch two guys blow themselves anytime you want to. I know, I know. <laughs> one guy, one cup. You know, whatever you want. Smashing pumpkins. Hey, smashing pumpkins ain't bad. I like bro. That. My buddy, my buddy Bob Bauer. All right, this is a fucking half Korean guy, short, the just insane. Insane, dude. Wonderful human being, but fucking crazy, man. He lived when he was a junkie in Chicago. Billy Corrigan was his pizza driver. We used to watch Billy Corrigan go get high 
in the freaking car like before he'd bring the pizza up. It'd be cold by the time he brought it up. The world is a vampire. <laughs> he wrote some good songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a pizza driver and he's a bit of a Shitty prick, but he wrote some good songs. Not a good pizza guy? Okay. Shitty pizza guy. I mean, he was, he, you know, they. I saw them one slide, they weren't good. And then my buddy went and saw them twice, said they were phenomenal. So maybe they got together. I don't know. But I, I grew up with Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, went to kindergarten through eighth grade with him back when he was in Caius back in high school. And they'd play generator parties out in Palm Desert, which is where I'm from. And we went to this little teeny tiny school. So, like, every day on the school bus next to each other. And then, and you know, turned into this having this actual career in music, but that's from playing, yeah, it's from playing live a lot, you know, from from not just sitting in there and tinkering with auto tunes and drum tracks and shit like that, but like actually going out there and f- making the audience work for it. I mean, if you go to a generator party out in the middle of the desert, you you're committed. You want to be there. You're there for whatever the fuck is going on, good, bad, or indifferent. So um, that builds a connection with your audience and you get better, I think, as you play live over and over, small, you know, difficult circumstances, big venues, whatever. You know I mean, I still, yeah. I still go to local shows around here because my wife plays in a band and there's not as many young people playing in, in bands from what I see. There's a lot of people like in their 30s and 40s. And then there's like guys like me who used to play in bands that are getting back into it again. But it's not as vibrant of a rock scene, at least not here in Columbus. Um, it, it seems That's unfortunate, man, because Columbus kind of dead used to have a killer music scene. Yeah, we had some good bands. Yeah, Columbus was great. Because well, I think people are... Great. Are working on their social media now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the and kids that w- w- they had that creative energy, they're putting that into social media instead of a band. Or, or they're learning, they're playing their music and they're cranking it out and they're s- pushing it to out to on social mo- media instead of doing like, hey, let's go play a coffee shop like they used to. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man, I-, I have mixed feelings on it because I think that. There's a lot of money to be made in the internet, and these kids are taking advantage of it. I mean, that's just my opinion. What do I know? But I don't know, man. Like, I have no respect for mumble rappers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, oh, you you made a lot of money, but you're but this is horse shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just I, objectively, it's just it's it's garbage. It's 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 the equivalent of the the people, the paint, the painting that's just like splattered, and they're like, oh, it's a masterpiece. It's like, no, it's not. It's fucking anybody could do this. This isn't a masterpiece. This is the dumbing down of music. They said the same like thing about punk the rock, though. They said the same thing about punk rock. When I like, there's a place for I all know. this music. They said the same thing about punk and dude. There's a play like that. For as much as we're singing doom and gloom for our podcast, <laughs> there is a lot of love and a lot of room for everybody on the internet. And some get big, big crowds, and some get tiny crowds. Yeah. But you can work, and you can. Make a living if you hustle the right way. Yeah, Charlie, you can be a mumble rapper. Let's 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 lay down some beats, dude. Let's do the macroaggressions. Mumble rap. It's about it. It's. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to play a musical instrument. You don't got it. I can't sing. You don't learn. I can do so. Talent, musical talent, clearly, uh, clearly, you know, optional. 
I'll, AI I'll, that shit. I'll produce a, a strong a, like beat track for you, and you just mumble, and we'll put it out, and we'll Instagram my, it. What about your micro songs? I got my micro. What you songs. do? Yeah. You you tell AI give me uh, the exact same AI version of that song that you wrote for Oliver Anthony, but make it mumbly. Yeah, and sure. and then they'll they'll give you you know whatever the heck the the song was but it'll it'll have like the proper cadence the soul ripped out of it yeah perfect i'm asking yeah. chad gpt right now to uh please provide me some mumble rap lyrics uh excellent and uh, this is what it's saying yeah i ride through the city windows down heavy bass ice on my neck feeling like i'm ready cash flow steady dreams real petty Life in the fast lane, always on the melody. Can you sing? Can you rap that, Charlie? Because like ChatGPT is going to be your lyricist for our mumble rap song. You've already done better than Ben Shapiro, Charlie. Thank I'll you. I'll take I'll take a handful of Xanax and then I'll read it. Okay, I like it it's to the best of my ability, and that'll probably be the same okay. thing. That'd wow. be great. I'm excited for my new career. I'll probably what you watch. I'll be on TikTok and I'll get. You'll get huge. 600 times more views than any of, of macroaggressions. <laughs> they have those old, like the old British guy rappers. You could be the, the old younger generation rapper. of that who does mumble rap. I like it. You're closing the age gap a little bit. Here, here like You it. got a tracksuit? We're going to get you one. I lease one. I lease one. We're going to dress you. We're, no, we're going to dress you up in jumpers and you're going to wear wings on your head with sunglasses. Something really unique. Like you're like Thor, uh, like a Thor helmet. I'm down for that. Oh, can I tell you? Is I I added a, a new shirt to my merch store that said "Unjected," and I had it printed up. I had a tie dye version of it printed up so I could wear it on one of the Anarchapoco days, and it was made and on its way to me. And I got an email from the legal department at T Public saying that they that that had violated the the terms of service and they pulled it for saying oh. unjected. What? But th- that word is a made up word. They pulled it. <laughs> I replied back and I said, I don't understand what, what I violated with this. Please explain to me. And they said, it's a, read the contract or something. Mm. So, so, so <laughs> they're like, oh, well, is in illegal the, to say. In the fine print, we, uh, we told you that we can do whatever we want. So basically, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to you 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 put items on here at our behest and, and at our our whim, and any time we decide to take them off, we can take them off. Unbelievable! So. Un fucking believable. You should tell me you're a mumble rapper, and this violates your constitutional I'm rights. A famous mumble and rapper. You're a famous mumble rapper, DJ Charlie Macro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a new uh, single out called Unjected, and I just wanted to yeah. promote it. Yeah, I'm just trying to promote, promote this thing. You're huge on Vietnamese TikTok. The bridge, I'm going right. to send you these lyrics, Charlie. I want you to get these uh, memorized, and uh, we're going to work on this song when I get back from vacation. Yeah, enjoy Hawaii. What I think I'm going to do, I'm going to vocal clone uh, Joe Biden's voice. And so mm-hmm. you will mumble, but the background singers are going to be Joe Biden mumbling with you. I, I, I like this. Okay. I'll do it. 
This feels like I hear it. This feels like what um it's, it's I, I just it's the music in my head. The, the conversation was like when they were writing Nevermind. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much the same thing as this, right? Yeah. Two sides of the same coin, coin, inextricably linked. You can hear that guy rapping, can't you? I can. Yeah. At least saying like yeet and skirt. Yeah. Definitely. We can make this. That'll be my, I'm going to be Corn Pop the mumble rapper. I love it. (laughs) DJ Corn Pop. Okay. DJ Corn Pop. You might get sued though. That's fine. Koala. It'll be good for, I can write it off as a marketing promotion the lawsuit it'll be good for uh publicity okay well i will start working on a uh, a tasty beat if that's Spoke what they call corn it. with a k and you're fine oh uh, yes yes yeah all, all right, right well, sammy needs to go so it really wanna, feels like we're wanna, winding down the show we want to we want to <laughs> land this thing sam tell everybody where they can find you guys go to sam if you're in the if you're in the california area you want to see my live taping of my special tickets are moving i'm very excited i'm very excited i'm excited uh, that you're excited thank you buddy i i'm constantly in fear that nobody cares and that's where i live and then my girlfriend so said we sold a bunch of them and we're uh we have two weeks so bang bang bro bang bang excited um Let's go to samtriplee.com. Click the link. It's up March 3rd, and I'm doing two shows, so grab them while they're available. I'm so excited for this hour. And uh, just go to samtriplee.com. Check out my new show on Rumble called Doom Scrolling. And if you guys ever have a, a, a like a, a minute clip that you love for me to uh, put on the show to uh, break it down and promote your shows, anybody here on the chat on, on the Union oh, yeah. of the One, let me know. I'd love to put it okay. out. Okay. You know, I've I'm, got those. I'm, I'm, got, I'm got gonna be here. I'm playing nice. You know, I, I I'm playing nice. Yeah, but you're all welcome to send me something, and if it, if it clicks, I'll put it on for sure. And uh, that's on Rumble every Thursday at 3 p.m. And then finally, I am with Brian Callen this weekend. Uh, we're in Bakersfield on Friday, and then two for two shows, and then we're in uh. We're in uh, Las Vegas. I mean, excuse me, Huntington Beach on the, this Saturday. And then my final push is I have 19 more sellouts, so 100 sellouts on Comedy Chaos, which is a legendary show, which kind of created the style in which LA does now. Uh, once we hit 100, I don't know if we'll be going after that. So if you get a chance to see Comedy Chaos, see the chaos while you can. Uh, next show is, I believe, on the ni- uh, March 9th. And uh, I love you guys. At the comedy Great store? At the world famous comedy store. See it while you can, because when it's gone, it's gone. Steve Poikinen, AM Wake Up. What's cooking? Best um, local all, ever. All good. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. You can, tomorrow if you show, would like to, like, go uh, ahead and uh, uh, grab uh, the the merch from the website, amwakeupshow.com. Uh, We've got a bunch of cool stuff coming up this week. Ryan Christian is on every Tuesday. Richard Grobe's going to come back through. Charlie's going to come by. Uh, Texas Slim from the Beef Initiative is back in the country and and ready to uh, kick everybody's ass in the name of revitalizing the American rancher. All good things, man. Thank you, as always, you guys, for having me on the Best Ensemble Podcast in the Multiverse. Thank you.
Thanks for coming. Mike, OBDM is taking a two-week hiatus. Yeah. I'm sad. I listen to you guys. You're my go-to uh, airplane travel podcast listening show. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just been it's just been the I just enjoy the show so much and and so yes. I listened on the way back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Two week vacation. Uh we'll be back uh the I first week of that. the first week of March. Uh but there's like eight hundred episodes up on the RSS feed for people to listen to and it's just a whole lot of fun. OBDMPod.com, our big and uh yeah, check it out. Thank you. Macroaggressions.io is the new website. You can check out my interview right now with Celeste Solom. We talk about FEMA. It'll scare the shit out of you. Um, I've got uh, an interview with Simon Essler coming up next week. I've got one with Whitney Webb talking about killware in the next couple of weeks. That'll help you sleep. So um, follow me on Twitter while I'm still there. Buy the books. Go to the website. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Great job. Bye, Alex. Great caller, great content, and a crisp phone. I really like that. You're fascinating to talk to. Thank you, Eugene Carroll. (laughs) Very, very funny call.